Hello, world slays of nerditude again. My name is Jill. And I'm Francine. And today we are continuing down Winchester Avenue. <laughs> I like it. On the road so far. <laughs> and we're going to discuss season three yes. of Supernatural. So it's <laughs> uh, got a few more miles on the road, as it were. Yeah, but, um, just a few. Yeah, so spoilers for season three and all seasons, let's be real, because we try. We try. We try. But, but no. FYI, just spoilers. So if you're, I mean, we probably won't talk about season 13, but we'll, um, we'll try to avoid it. We'll try to avoid it. But if you're not caught up with season 12 or whatever, get out of here. <laughs> Go watch you it. You have been warned. Go watch it and then come back and listen. Okay. That's true. Okay. <laughs> so um, where do you, where, um, I, uh, we should start with where does season three begin? Yeah, so season three picks up pretty much like where we left off at the end of season two. Well, um, I know. yeah, <laughs> imagine that. Um, <laughs> so when we last left our intrepid heroes, um, Dean had just volunteered his soul. He made a, the crossroads deal mm-hmm. to save Sam, to bring Sam back after he got stabbed. That was very intense. It was very Winchestery of him. <laughs> Yes, this is the beginning of. It's true. It's true because his dad gave up his life to save Dean and then Dean gives up his life to save Sam and round and round we go on the wheel of pain. (laughs) For real. It's true. So I liked like how this season focused a little bit more on Dean because we had been so Sam focused Mm -hmm. earlier in the series and Sam still has like a lot of story and I think he grows up a lot in season three. Because he has to support Dean's ordeal, right? Because Dean has a year to live. I would say this is when he goes into full hunter mode. Yeah, like he he gets pretty hardcore in this season. And that was kind of different, like based on season one and season two. Mm -hmm. It was a different Sam. And I think we saw deeper into Dean than we had before. Yeah, I agree. He seems more like... um... Because before he was just the the bigger, older, mm-hmm. badass like nothing brother. Nothing can touch me, yeah. And now you kind of see more of why he is that way mm-hmm. or why he acts that way. Yeah. Um, and more about, like, what bothers him. Mm-hmm. Stuff yeah. like that. And we also see him be, like, pretty reckless. Like, that's his defense mechanism is this, like... Oh, yes. This is when we first encounter <laughs> Dean and his coping. Yeah. Like, he, he's just... Oh, man. Like, it was painful to watch him be that way. It hurt me. Well, I think <laughs> in the overarching <laughs> t- huge arch of this <laughs> show, you can... I just... I feel like the characters are so well put together yes that you if something happens you know how this one's gonna react Mm -hmm. and you know how this one's like if something happens sam is immediately on the how are we gonna fix Mm -hmm. this and it's gonna be okay and we have to believe and have faith and all this stuff and then dean's like or we could all get drunk Mm -hmm. and drive the car as fast as we can and all this kind of stuff so I kind of, yeah, I think it's when Dean starts to show that he's reckless or he gets, he has an anger problem. He does. Ooh, you really see it. In and that's season. how he 
builds up the walls mm. around himself to protect himself because I don't know. I've even though he wants to pretend he's not vulnerable at all, he's very all these people in my life have died or could leave me at any point. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of in a way been very alone most of his life. So it's easier to push people away so that either they can't hurt you or you can't hurt them. And so that's how he lashes he just lashes out with anger or he's going to party his troubles away mm-hmm. like his he's like a teenager like a rebellious teenager in a yeah. lot of ways it's like he never grew up past there and i think i mean i understand it because he never really got to be a teenager well, he didn't finish high school yeah like he is so and he wasn't really into school i mean because mm-hmm. i think the last time that we see him in a school i think is this season when he like flashes back to is it that this season <laughs> you're like i don't know i don't even remember seasons. but there's a there's a scene at some point where sam is remembering how the dad used to drop how john used to drop him off it and he would drink the the red eye mm-hmm. shots and he would do all the research at the library at the library Aww, precious and then he would go to school and dean was there and like somebody was picking on sam and dean came over and lined him out that's like and dean's what maybe 15 yeah it's like the last time you see him in a high school mm-hmm. so and he also at some point <laughs> says that he got a ged mm-hmm. so we know he didn't have a traditional i finished high school so he i'm sure it was just him and his dad for however long yeah so that's a bummer yeah that can't it, it's gonna mess you up it's going to do not good things for your ability yeah. to like be around other people, your ability to cope, your ability to build healthy relationships. Dean has all of these issues. Um, and we really see them play out when he knows he's got a countdown clock. Like mm-hmm. he knows and we all know like by the season's end. It's right. So terrible. Like, we know. And they, they say, we're going to figure it out. We're going to fix it. We're going to save it. But you kind of know because it's the Winchesters and they're going to die a bajillion times. Well, now um, we know that. Now we know that. And so it's like you you feel the weight that he must be feeling. And well, he, he lashes out to cope. I think it's interesting how as the season progresses, he gets more and more reckless. Like he wants to finish himself off mm-hmm. instead of waiting yeah. for someone else to do it. And he always says he wants to go out fighting. He's always a very DIY person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it made him like want to take on cases that he shouldn't be taking on and like, you know, kind of act out and like throw himself into situations, like put himself in, in the line of fire because he just is like, well, it doesn't matter. I'm going anyway. So why don't I do it by my own choice instead of like waiting around and like trying to stop it? Because that's not Dean. That is not his way of handling. It's not his MO. It's not. It's not no. his MO. He'd rather like hit things and like break things. He's very shoot first and ask questions later. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I think we got to explore a lot of that in this season. We really saw like how they're different and how they react differently to a dire situation. And... It was like a real character study. And it's weird because it was a short season due to the writer's strike and everything. But I feel like that helped it be more focused. I agree. And 
I don't know about you, but overall, I thought this season was kind of hilarious. It was. It was so much funny. Because even though we've just discussed how Dean's reckless <laughs> and out of control, <laughs> there's a lot of so deep. There's a lot of comedic episodes yes. in this season, and a lot of them are still my favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the comedic options mm-hmm. that are available. Because one of my all-time favorites is Bad Day at Blackrock. <laughs> yes, with the rabbit's foot. It's a wonderful episode. <laughs> It's so funny. <laughs> it's so and, ridiculous. And it kind of also ties in the American mythology of the rabbit's foot. Mm-hmm. So it's still kind of a, kind of like in the first season, how it was more like urban myth and stuff. So I I kind of liked that. That Yeah. And <sighs> kudos to the writers to be like, what if we had an episode about what if a rabbit's foot really was lucky? Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was so clever and hilarious. And this is when we find out Dean's Batman. So <laughs> he wishes that he was. And it's also when we introduce Bella. Yeah. Actually, that's a good thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. We see like two women added to the regular cast in this season. Bella and Ruby. Because mm-hmm. we only really met her at the end of season yeah. two. So now she's like in the season like a bunch of episodes i want to say like what eight something like that. she's in a lot of episodes and i know that like at the time that the show was airing week to week people didn't seem to really like them either one of them i liked bella i liked bella too because she was kind of a villain Mm -hmm. but not because she she was afraid of something, and you could tell she was running away from something, mm-hmm. but she was also kind of a beezy. Yeah. And I also like that, yeah, there there would be somebody who wants to turn the supernatural mm-hmm. into profit. Yeah. She was like it's the- realistic. Like the Night Fox from the Oceans movies. Yes. <laughs> but supernatural, twisted, like, and that was really fun. Yeah. I liked it. I don't really love how Dean talks to her. Later, like especially after their kind of first initial encounters, I think he gets a little like abusive at her. And I didn't love that. Well, not that I'm defending that, (laughs) but you know, he's also on his reckless. Yes. um, Yeah. He's got, I don't give a crap. Yeah. He's, and doesn't make it okay. But I think that it's just realistic to who that character is. Yeah. Of, yeah, he's probably drunk and angry and. Mm-hmm. Whatever, most of the time. And I think this is kind of the season. They don't fully ever touch on this in the show, but they also kind it's it's like there, but they don't directly address it of Dean's alcoholism. Yeah, we see him drink a lot this season and to such excess. Yeah, and it, it becomes a trend throughout later seasons. If he is grieving over something, mm-hmm. there's always the shot of he's sitting in bed or he's sitting at a desk or whatever, and there'll be... 10 or 12 beer bottles right yeah. next to him. And he's just staring off into space. Like maybe he's listening to music or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, there's like throughout the season, like, right. There's like throughout the seasons, there's like, well, Sam will kind of look at him and be like, what's in your yeah. coffee cup or. Yeah. Or he'll whatever. be like, dude, it's like 1130 yeah, in the morning and, and you're six beers in. Yeah. And you're supposed Damn. to be like, haha, it's really funny that Dean's drinking a beer at 10 in the morning. But if you stand back and really look at it, it's a problem. Yeah. He's self-medicating. Yeah. Because he doesn't believe in therapy and he doesn't mm-hmm. want to talk about his feelings because he doesn't have them or whatever. But I think that that might be part of 
him siphoning off anger and the alcohol is fueling him and he's just taking it out on Bella because she's pissing him off. Mm -hmm. Oh, and she's evil. She's easy to be like, Mm -hmm. you know, because even when they first meet. She can't take it out on Sam. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. And when they first meet in Bad Day at Black Rock, she tells him like her deal and he's like, wait, so you know the truth and this is what you choose to do with it? It's like it offends him. Yeah. Because this is his, like he has dedicated his life to saving people and doing what he thinks is good in the world. And she's like, who cares if you do good? The world's screwed anyway. Like, why would you do that? Just be out That's for yourself. That's a great attitude, you know? by and the way. It, it like yeah. offends him to his core because it's what he's built his life around. It's what he lost his father for. It's what he lost his mother because of. Like, it just hurts him. And I feel like he never quite gets over that initial standoff where they're pointing the guns at each other and he's like do it you know i he never gets over that he never forgives her for who she is doesn't mean he should talk to her the way that he does i agree because he does it uh, makes me go every time (laughs) yeah it's i don't like that uh, yeah in Red Sky at morning when he's like, can I shoot her? And not in public. <laughs> like, not in public. <laughs> I was like, ha ha, but also, ugh. Like, he literally wants to, like, kill another person. Which is kind of scary. Like, it's a little scary. Yeah. Well, I'm, yes. I mean, monsters <laughs> check under their bed for Dean Winchester. It's true. So. It's true. It's true. We see all of that, like, for the first time, really, just right out, like, raw and right at the surface. Because mm-hmm. she's not anything... Other than a human being, nope. and he is ready to at least beat the crap out of her. Yeah. Well, and yeah, it is the season when he looks her dead in the face, and he's like, "The next time I see you, mm-hmm. I'm going to kill you." And I think he meant it. Oh, you I know? I don't think he meant it when they were <laughs> when they were saying, um, "Can I shoot her?" Yeah. And no, that like, was like, that was kind of like, "Oh, haha," because she yeah. she took off with their car. Or had she her, stole the car. That was or she had funny. it towed. She had it towed. Yeah. But it was kind of funny. <laughs> but later on, he definitely, definitely meant it. Yeah. Well, and, and by the time we get to the point in the season where she's stolen the cult and like, you know, she is trying to sell it to someone else who, you know, is not going to do anything good with it. No. Like by that point, all bets are off. We're deep in the season. Shit has gone down and will continue to go down right through to the end and he is like becoming unhinged he's like spiraling out because the time just keeps ticking along while they're dealing with you know the demon terrorists if you will like the terrorist cells of demons that are just trying to wreak havoc speaking of red sky at morning yes this is also when the little old ladies start hitting on them (laughs) at night the little like trope i guess you want to call it of whenever there's little old ladies around at least one of them has to hit on i feel sam like it's always Dean. sam i it's, feel like it's always sam i think it's hilarious <laughs> i love when little ladies are like hey oh man I and just, she's so little and he's so big I when know, they're I, dancing together. i thought it was hilarious and uh yeah because that was when they were after the hand of glory right mm-hmm. yeah that was a pretty good episode and that was it another was. one where i couldn't guess why there was a ship like a ghost ship yeah so the sort of flying dutchman spin again like bringing the folklore bringing like the superstition of sailors of all things like they drive a car what where do we get sailors from but they made it work the ocean (laughs) the ocean 
That's true. <laughs> yeah. But then it turned out to be about like murdering your family. And like that was such a cool twist. I didn't see it coming. Oh no. It was very good. It's very well no. done. And Oh, this is also the season with season with Gordon. Okay, can we talk about Gordon? I think we need to talk about Gordon. And Kubrick. Because we might as well talk about both of them at the same time. Let's, let's talk about that. <laughs> <clears throat> because I feel like these are the epitome of like hunters gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Like the two of them. And I thought it was interesting that we showed hunters who have kind of uh, tiptoed over the line, I yeah. guess. They're nuts. And they're self-righteously. Well, and it goes back to when we were talking about not everything is in black and white, but at first Sam and Dean think everything is in black yeah. and white. And then hunters we start, are good. Monsters like, are bad. Yeah. Are all monsters bad? Are all people good? And these hunters are just very, very monsters are bad. Yeah. And if you even look at a monster and don't kill them, then you are also mm-hmm. bad. And Yeah. If you like try to protect a monster, or you try to talk to a monster, there's no reason to do that. They're evil and must be wiped out. And mm-hmm. like, that's it because they see themselves as in a war like gordon talks about it in war metaphor all the time and then kubrick takes that once gordon's in prison kubrick takes that and twists it in a religious way yes which is even creepier to me like if you put the two of them and you were like which one is worse i can't pick but it's starting to set up (laughs) even more for season four that's true with the religious aspect Mm -hmm. so I, yeah, no, and his uh, his RV with all the Jesuses. The Jesuses and the, like, automatic weapons. I was like, damn, it was scary. Yeah. It's true. But he thinks, like, if Gordon thinks they're fighting a war, Kubrick thinks they're fighting a holy war. Which is, like, which one is worse? You know, like, a moral yeah. war or a religious war? And I can't even pick. Because they both do a lot of bad in their mm-hmm. quest to do what they see as good or necessary. And the fact that they target Sam specifically and like blame him for a, his powers, which are not his fault, but they see that that makes him a monster and they're like, Oh, he's a monster must go. You know, like what would they do if they met Missouri? I feel like they would think she was a monster too. I love Missouri. <laughs> You know? And she would probably bitch slap them. Right yeah, there. she'd be like, sit down, boy. You don't know what you're talking about. Go get me a drink. I need more of her. <laughs> um, yeah, but Gordon is dispatched, so. Yeah, I really didn't like him. He made me angry. He, yeah, and he had like a weird vendetta that mm-hmm. I just didn't agree with, Yeah, I guess. Ugh. I mean, I understand. I guess, I guess, I get the thought of well, Sam Winchester could go bad at any point, and you guys are the ones who busted open the gate. Even though, did they really? I mean, they tried to stop it. We saw them try, and they didn't even believe Bobby. Yeah, when Bobby was like, "No, we tried to stop it," and they were like, Psh, "Bobby's gotten old. He's not so sharp anymore. Bobby's drunk again." I was like, "Whoa." <laughs> Bobby's amazing, which I think is interesting in can, um, contrast to Hunters later in the series. We're like, oh my god, you're the Winchesters, mm-hmm. and they're like in awe of them. Whereas there are other Hunters who are like, oh, 
these, these guys. <laughs> yeah. You guys mess everything up. Mm-hmm. It is true. Many people die around them. Whether you just collateral damage or you try to help, like, yes. Did you go on a date with Sam? They have a, they have a body count, okay? <laughs> no one's arguing that. But doesn't everyone really uh, in this show? Oh, I was going to be like, I don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, because Bobby's got a body count. Yeah, everybody um, gets people I mean, around them even dead. Jody yeah. has a body count. Mm-hmm. You can't stand on that particular pedestal no. if you are a hunter and be like, you guys get everybody killed. Because I feel like almost every hunter we've ever met. Rufus has gotten people killed. Yeah. They have some kind of death in their life. And generally, it's that death that causes them to become a hunter. Mm-hmm. How often do we see that? You know? So I feel like time. get off your high horse, people, because they're trying here. <laughs> We're all trying to do good. And they are dedicating their entire lives to trying to do good. Well, and I just, if you weren't there and you didn't see it, you don't really know what happened. True. So you can't say, oh, no, they they just whipped open the gate and didn't even try to close it. Yeah. You weren't there. You don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you know Lucifer was there? Hey. Or not Lucifer, Azazel. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. (laughs) Azazel was there and there was all kinds of... Mm-hmm. Like lights going on and doors opening and my god! I, Did you know about the other psychic children and like that whole mess? Like we don't you know even know that I died earlier that day. Right. Like <laughs> I got stabbed and then you sold your soul and this whole big thing. Yeah, Ellen was there. No one's blaming her for anything that we know of. <sighs> oh, Ellen! You know, like it was shit went down. Basically, it, it did, and they want to judge them for the perceived role that they played. In said shit going down. Not cool. Not cool. He made me mad. From square one. I agree. I agree. So, screw you, Gordon. Sorry. (laughs) Screw you, Gordon. We're not sad that you're dead. Yeah. Definitely definitely not. Awful. Um, And I also enjoyed, in this season, a very supernatural Christmas. Okay. (laughs) Which I have to watch every Christmas. I support that. I need more Christmas episodes from them. Please. Thank you. I support that, except for the fingernail pulling. Oh, I don't watch that part. And the tooth. That, that doesn't bother Ugh. me so much. The, the fingernail. Ugh. But I thought it was <laughs> clever. It was very clever. To have the pagan gods in their 1950s-ness. Like, leave it to Beaver. <laughs> like, just Threw the, up nice, on them. <laughs> the nice old ladies and the nice old man who live next door, and they just love Christmas, and he's smoking his pipe, and I love it. Um... I thought that was incredibly clever. And again, it, it's kind of like the episode where there was the, the pagan god out in the woods, the scarecrow. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like that they continually go, there are other mm-hmm. entities. Yeah. We have to figure out like what it is because all of this stuff is real. You're not just limited to Christianity mm-hmm. or your whatever, which we find out in season five, I think it is, with all of the gods are real and they all don't like each other. Yeah. So, and these are minor, um, were they wood gods? They're not wood gods. They're holiday gods, right? I don't know. They were like, what were they? Like some kind of nature God, I think, or something like that. Uh, yeah, but they, what they were, but they like Christmas and I can't remember why. 
they but they used to have uh, sacrifices given to mm-hmm. them at this time of the year for yeah. Yule, and they're like, well, now we call it Christmas. And I like <laughs> whenever we do encounter a pagan god, they're just like, well, I had to roll with it, right? Yeah, stupid Christians and their baby religion. Like, yeah, <laughs> they're the new kids on the block that messed everybody else up. Yeah, and I just I like that they're she's in there baking her cookies and <laughs> and oh, it was really just, funny. The only thing that I was kind of iffy about was when you find out that you can kill them with the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, okay, well, whatever. It made a funny ending when they like literally stabbed them with the tree. Like that was funny. Yeah. It was a little much. I got a kick out of that episode and it, it just, it's just so holiday wonderful. Uh, so is. I watch that every Christmas. But And I also think that as funny of an episode it is, it also has a very serious undertone. Oh, and it, it's heartbreaking. Tears. Yes. When, if, uh, you know, Sam doesn't like Christmas because that was when John would leave them alone in the motel and Dean would have to break into people's houses and steal Christmas presents so that Sam had something and he would believe in Santa. Yeah. Uh, I think it also shows how much Dean has always cared about mm-hmm. Sam because when they first meet in season one again, it's kind of like, oh, it's my older brother. And they kind of seem like they didn't get along before. But then you find out they were actually very incredibly close. Yeah. So. When I liked, I liked that like Sam has these bad memories of Christmas. Like, oh, Christmas was this like depressing, like terrible time. And Dean's like, what are you talking about? Christmas was awesome. Like they have such different experiences of Mm -hmm. their childhood. And it makes me. Very feelsy <laughs> when. Well, <gasps> and it was very sad. That's when Sam gives him the the Samulet. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a Christmas present when they were kids to Dean. So it's the the necklace that Dean still wears. Mm-hmm. Well, and it was supposed to be for John. Which what would have happened if it had gone to John instead of to Dean? Yeah, and it's <laughs> it seems at this point like such an offhanded gift Mm -hmm. and much later on we find out that is that was supposed to get to dean yeah it had to get to dean yeah it was just such brilliant either foreshadowing or retconning i can't decide damn chuck (laughs) i can't decide i can't decide if they like i feel like they knew from the very beginning because there's no way you could have written back in season three like something so heartfelt and like so important mm-hmm. and then not have been like, we have plans for later. Absolutely not. You but know, I, I thought it was cute that he still and I think that kind of shows Dean's a softy, even if he mm-hmm. doesn't want to let people know that he is like my little brother gave this to me like 20 years ago and I still wear it every day, every day. Oh. After I stole him Christmas presents. Right. I mean, this is also a man who drives his father's car, listens to his father's music. Like, his family is like, what he has. Like, religiously listen. Mm-hmm. Like, he won't, won't put a CD player in the car. <laughs> or, God forbid, an iPod Oh, check. my God. <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, <laughs> that's later. Anyway. Yes, that's later. But we, like, see that Dean holds on to things from his family that are important to him. And this is like an extension of that. And it's just, it, oh, it just hits me so hard in my feelings. It, it really <gasps> does. It's <laughs> happy holidays. 
I also love that in that episode, we like make mention of the Krampus and like all of these other Christmas legends that it like mm-hmm. might be because they please can't do a Krampus out. episode. That would be so awesome. I would watch the hell out of that. That would be fabulous. I would love a Krampus episode. Yes, please. Um, yeah, that would be really cool. Well, and then when they stalk the drunk Santa and everything, like oh, and they're singing was... Christmas carols. <laughs> that was that was wonderful. It was a great it's... episode. Yes, I I had a that that goriness to like it just oh, had all the factors. Yeah, when they drag the dad up the chimney mm-hmm. oh, and you yeah. hear it oh. and then they like go down in the basement and everything's like drenched in blood and like gross and I was just like mhm. Mhm. It's taking all the boxes of a good episode. Oh man. We get the gore, we get the mystery, we get the like supernatural, like literal god element, like it just had everything. So clever. Yes. I also enjoyed, of course, and this is continually ranked as one of their 10 best episodes across several platforms, Mystery Spot. Such a good episode. It is. It's brilliant. It's, it's <laughs> some, like, okay, so I watch a very supernatural Christmas. I, I watch Mystery Spot every Groundhog's Day. Yeah. Because, and again, it's even, it's even funnier if you like Groundhog's Day with Bill Murray mm-hmm. in it. Because it's kind of an homage to that. Yeah. In a way. But oh my God. <laughs> it's, it is some dark humor, but I love me some dark humor. But it is so funny. <clears throat> it's really funny. And I've watched it, I don't even know how many times, and I still laugh. You still laugh. Yeah, because you can't not. And I mean, I love that the trickster is mm-hmm. back. And, but it's also one of those things where, I mean, even though it's freaking hilarious, if you really stand back and think about it, my God, Sam's going to need therapy because didn't Dean die a hundred and six times at least or something like that. And then he spends that whole, like, what is it? A year without him? Just like, like on a mission, like Mm -hmm. it breaks him when they don't bring Dean back. And he's like, nope, this is like, you get to live to Wednesday now, but gonna fucking suck and then he's just oh man that sequence where like bobby's leaving him the voicemails and he's just like you just see him driving and he's just on a mission Mm -hmm. it gets me that is heartbreaking it is and it also shows uh sam is one determined bastard he is and if you're determined enough you can find the trickster yeah that is true and make him do what you need him to do because that's what he wants to do. He wants to save his yeah, brother. And, and he thinks he can do it. It also shows how powerful mm-hmm. the trickster is. And I think that it's when they kind of start to go, he's a little more powerful than he should be. Foreshadowing, yo. Again, <laughs> wow, with the foreshadowing. Yep, that was some brilliant foreshadowing. Yeah, and he's like, wow, he can control like time and death who's ever seen a trickster that can do that to be continued to be continued (laughs) he'll be back yep you know that it's like not over by the end of that episode you're like there's something more here and it makes you kind of yeah it gives you like the the little like foreshadowing tingles i get them where i'm like this is important they always knew who they were gonna set him up to be right Mm -hmm. i think so i i get that feeling is he was 
he was the trickster and then he was Loki and then he was, well, maybe somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this is all the same thing. Like, they totally knew. Yeah. I I agree. But, and I, <clears throat> which of uh, Dean's deaths do you think were the, uh, was the funniest? Oh, man. Well, okay. I can tell you which one sticks out to me the most and then which one is the funniest. Okay. The one where he gets attacked by the dog is the one that <laughs> sticks out to me the most because it's funny, yes, but it's also such brilliant foreshadowing to it the is. end of the season that like when you watch through and then you go back and rewatch it, I just, my jaw like dropped when I I, mean, I didn't realized, really connect that until you just said it. Yeah. The parallel, it's brilliant writing. I just... Love it. Like, that's brilliant to me. So that's the one that sticks out to me the most because I'm Mm -hmm. like, aha, I see what you did there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The taco one is pretty funny. That's that's pretty funny. (laughs) Um, The one where he slips in the shower is pretty funny. I think the funniest one to me, like, because the effect is so ridiculous, might be the one where he plugs in the razor and gets electrocuted because you could see his skeleton like light up and that was ridiculous (laughs) Um, like you know that they did that just to be ridiculous but I think my favorite one is when the air conditioner is it the air conditioner that falls on him or is it the piano piano. they die so many times it's hard to keep I thought it was a piano because it's the trickster and he likes cartoony things I thought it was a piano or a safe or something yeah it was something like that there's another episode where, oh, later, where yeah. they almost get killed by the air conditioner unit. Yes, that's the other yes. one. Um, I think it's a piano in this one. Uh-huh. But that one was, who I was I like, think, I don't know. The one that I, I don't know why I think it's so funny, <laughs> but I will laugh for like five minutes straight and my boyfriend thinks I'm demented, <laughs> is when Sam is starting to lose it. And he's like, no, it has to do something with this building. And he and they've like held the guy who runs the mystery spot hostage. And Dean's like, yeah, man, be cool. We're going to get out of this. And he's like trying to like calm Sam down. He goes over there to take the axe away from him. (laughs) Yes. Okay, that one's really funny. (laughs) I don't know why I think that is so funny. I think it's funny. And it's like off screen. Yeah, because it's off screen. Because it's the and sound. Like, and, and Sam's like, no. And Dean's like, give me the axe. And, and then there's just like blood spatter. And it's and the you end. you hear the sound. And he's like, oh. <laughs> Dean? <laughs> I don't know why, but I think that's... That one is really... That's the funniest one to It's me. really good. But now that you say that about the dog one, that is... The dog one is my favorite one. Like... Because it's so genius. It seems so innocuous because the dog's been there from the beginning. And like, but it shows me like Dean hates dogs. Dean especially hates dogs after the end of this season. Oh, it's the only thing he's scared of. It's brilliant. Well, hellhounds. He's afraid of hellhounds. But But it kind of bleeds over into dogs. He just like doesn't like dogs. Around dogs, definitely. But uh, yeah, so I, but that episode is continually ranked top 10 it's great it's in my top 10 yeah and it, i mean like the ew rated it in their top 10 and, and so many others but um mm-hmm. that's wonderful and then this is also the season i mean this is a season where we introduce a lot of people like henrickson mm-hmm. who i love i thought he was wonderful i love his character because of course the fbi has caught on to you yeah sorry guys you've got a little bit of a too high profile at this point yeah 
you know, and their interactions with like law enforcement, they broke out of prison. Like, obviously, it's an interstate issue at this point. Oh, yeah. And that's like, it's federal, you know, you're gonna, <laughs> yeah, you're going to you're going to draw that specific type of attention. Um, and actually, one of my other top 10 favorite episodes is Justin Bellow. I will always love that episode. It's, it it's really good and brilliant. This is one of the first times that the supernatural fandom was heard, I guess you want to say, because supernatural is a show where it's very interactive with mm-hmm. the fandom. And they actually took the suggestion from the fandom. Why don't they have the exorcism recorded? Mm-hmm. And didn't that and come they were like, Oh my God. <laughs> and right. Yeah. Salt who hoops need to come next, by the way. <laughs> yeah. That's just genius. Um, but yeah, I mean that, how else were they going to get out of that situation? It's like the perfect time to have a recorded exorcism. It was, it was brilliant. And poor Nancy. Okay. So I loved Nancy. I loved her character. I loved the journey of her character in that one episode, like 40 minutes. And we see her go from like scared, timid secretary to like, She's a badass. Mm-hmm. She's like jumping off the roof and like, you know, salting the doors and like running away. Like she got so, she was so brave. And oh, the ending just makes me heartbroken. Because basically everybody dies. <laughs> yeah. And it really bothered the Winchesters and especially Dean. Especially Dean. That he couldn't save her in yeah. particular. I mean, I think they were upset that, you know, yeah, everybody but them died. But Mm -hmm. I think he was particularly upset about Nancy because he even says, like, something like she didn't do anything. Yeah, she was so young. She was, like, literally the embodiment of innocence, which almost caused her to get killed by Ruby in the episode. And, like, she never really lived. You know, she lived in this small town. She worked for, like, the police station. He saw her as, like, so innocent, Oh, yeah. And that made it hit him really hard. Like, he thought he saved them. They really thought they saved those people. They were like, yeah, we did it. Beat the demon army. And then, boom, Lilith will just, like, totally turn that table on you. And that sucked. Yeah. Oh, I was in such shock the first time I watched that episode. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, what? (laughs) Oh, it was... Freaking Lilith, man. So sad. And yeah, we also get like Lilith as the creepy child, which comes back at the end of the season. Oh, yes. She's a weird one. I don't, I didn't really like her as a, she was just more of a creep factor. She wasn't scary, I guess, to me. I don't know. She wasn't a super good villain, I didn't think. No, I think that. Or henchman or or whatever whatever she is. (laughs) I think we're supposed to see her as like a, higher class of demon like we saw azazel as like a higher class of demon and now she's kind of like the replacement for that type of like leadership that type of like organizing and you know like power grab um but she's a different kind of crazy like he was evil obviously and like twisted and also weirdly obsessed with children but in a totally different way from her which is interesting yeah I did appreciate that our big, big bad was a woman. 
because mm-hmm. she consistently chose female a ruthless vessels. woman. Yeah. So like I, I liked that because it was different. You know, we had this mm-hmm. like this evil woman kind of hanging around and like she would put herself in the body of little girls, which is also super creepy. And it allowed them to kind of like play with her character in a way that they seemed like they were trying to do all season because this is also the season where we meet Lisa and Ben. Yeah. Lots of creepy children in this season. (laughs) I liked when they kind of made it seem like Dean was Ben's dad. Dude, that was the cutest thing. It was. And I think it was also interesting to see him react to, you know what? He, he might actually have <laughs> <Yeah>. children. <laughs> he was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like that—that that caught up with me. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, I like when even he's like, "Huh." <laughs> kind of like looking in a teeny little mirror. <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was cute when he when he was trying to help Ben with those with those bullies, and he's yeah. like, "You know." Maybe he took it a little overboard. <laughs> I understand. Maybe I understand Lisa being like, "Whoa, there." You're teaching my kid to be a psycho killer. That's not okay. You know, like, we do not solve problems with our violence. We solve problems with our words. And Dean was like, what? What are you talking about? That's not how I solve problems. Yeah, he's like, that doesn't work. (laughs) And Lisa and Ben just give me the feels. They do. Oh, yes. Especially when you know what's coming later. Yeah. Like, on rewatch, it's even more heartbreaking yeah it's very very heavy but i liked that um the villain in that episode like that just looking at that episode in isolation it was about changelings which are about like you know children and i'm glad they made them older children oh (laughs) instead of like infants that would have been weird. Because um, it kind of brought the whole Damien thing in, and it also meant they didn't have to kill infants, which killing kids was already kind of weird. So, <laughs> But they talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, is it weird if we kill a kid? <laughs> kind of, sort of, yeah. Kind of, sort of. But also kind of necessary because we saw what the kids were capable of. You know, and it always brings me right back to, like, Lilith killing Freckles and just having the blood on her dress. Yeah. It really puts a button on that. It, like <laughs> kids can be like when the teddy bear shoots himself in the, in the fairy tale <laughs> episode, it's just, and they're just like, um, <laughs> when they feel kind of uncomfortable trying to get that kid to let him into the house yeah. to see the teddy bear. Mm-hmm. Just, and again, I know that suicide is not funny, but I don't know why I laugh so hard when that bear and the stuffing is everywhere. <laughs> I don't know. It's terrible. And then he's not it's even terrible. dead. He's it's not terrible. even dead. Yeah. And I, I have a problem. <laughs> it's the dark humor. We all know Kripke has a thing for being really dark with oh, his humor. Yeah. Especially in um, Ghost Facers. Okay. I love Ghost Facers. <laughs> I do too. But poor Corbett. Yeah. The, the, what did they call him? The poor dead gay intern. Oh. And it was, I mean, it was sad. Yes. But also hilarious. <laughs> in a really awful way where you feel bad. In a for laughing. In a terrible way because gay love can pierce through the veil of death. Which and I'm sorry they were so trolling us for season four. We'll get there later. But that was a troll moment. Yeah. I'm just gonna tell you now, if you don't <laughs> ship Destiel, you might want to stop listening when we start yeah, talking about season four. <laughs> <clears throat> we sail that ship, you we guys. We do. Um <laughs> 
Yeah. Warning. Warning. <laughs> we sail that ship. Yeah. But that's <laughs> for a later time. But uh, so, but uh, and I like that the ghost facers, aside from actually, no, they have, they've outlived the Winchesters. They're the technically, <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they're the longest lasting characters. Yeah. In Supernatural. In fact, they're still around somewhere. Mm-hmm. We just, I, we're going to meet them again. It's going to happen. I hope so because I heart them <laughs> so much. They are like a mix between Ghostbusters and like a more inept Sam and Dean. <laughs> well, and with all of those and that, I mean, it's not really so much a thing anymore. I don't think anyway, but all those reality ghost shows mm-hmm. that were on for a while I loved that they were poking fun at that. Yeah. But yet the ghosts were real. Yeah. It and was great. There's their theme song. I just I can't. <laughs> I can't. We won't <laughs> sing it for you. I'm not, However. No, I don't know the words, but <laughs> oh, I do. I'm so busy laughing when there's that like heavy metal, like whatever. Um, I think it's funny because... Uh, it's um, they met them in Los like Angeles, right? And they show back up, and I think it's funny. And then just how they cut the episode, <laughs> and it allowed them to make the Winchesters more realistic because mm-hmm. this is when we blur out Dean giving you the finger and, <laughs> and all bleep the out Sam and yeah. like. All the cursing. Like, oh my God. And I, yeah, which I thought made it gold. Yes. Um, and you know that's how they really are when you're seeing it from yeah. another perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, that's totally how they really are. Every episode. We just don't see it. Well, yeah. And when they, when the Winchester <laughs> show up, don't they say something like, uh, the Ghostfacers say something like, uh, oh, it's those douchebags from Texas or whatever <laughs> yeah. it is. And they're like, we're not from Texas. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And even like to go behind the camera for a second, that episode is brilliant from a production standpoint because you had the writer strike going on, which they totally like shine a light on in their little introduction when they're like, because you're in the grips of a writer strike right now. First of all, genius. (laughs) Second, um, there was no film crew for that episode. They're actually holding the cameras and the lights and everything. Like that was real. Yeah, oh my God. saves you a ton on See, production costs. Gives me an even more. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's, it was that's brilliant. cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was reading all the trivia because that's one of my things. I love you would. I know. I love it. Um, and they said like that Jared particularly loved that episode because he didn't have to worry about like stepping in front of somebody else, like between somebody else and the camera, because that was what was supposed to happen. Oh, Gigantor. Yeah. So he was like, I felt, I actually like love that. It was very refreshing not to have to like hit a mark and like turn around and say a line, which we see later in the French mistake. They, you know, like poke fun at that. But um, that idea of like letting them kind of run loose and like actually make a found footage type episode. Mm-hmm. So brilliant and so meta. And I love it. It's, it's a really good one. And um, the ghost was creepy. So creepy. With the birthday party. So creepy. It had like a whole psycho Norman Batesy feel, which I know you love. And yeah, we got to see, like, we get to learn so much more about ghosts. 
and kind of like see like the different types of ghosts because we have the echoes mm-hmm. versus like your actual insane twisted soul that is a ghost and that they were able to get the echo to help them oh, my feelings poor dead gay <laughs> intern <laughs> corbett oh man it I was that a was wonderful episode I, yeah i thought that was amazing writing and then that's the last laugh that we get because then everything gets so serious and sad and horrible yeah because dean's clock is running out and it's a bummer they're getting kind of desperate we didn't even really like talk about ruby very much in this episode but like she's kind of skirting on the outside of everything she's biding her time yeah like just kind of letting them dig their own graves she doesn't even I think really... at this point she's kind of like, well, I don't really need to do anything. Yeah, she can just kind of point them at things a couple times. Mainly she points Sam at things and then just like, let's go. And that's all Play. she has to do. Yeah. Which makes her so Lucifer-y because <laughs> that's what he's so good at is just like putting mm-hmm. people in the way of something bad and then letting them dig their own grave. So she definitely learned a lot from her time as a demon. She's very good at that. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I don't know about you, but the episode time is on my side. Yes. Um, kind of freaked me out a little mm-hmm. bit because throughout the rest of the season, like we've, we are introduced to Bella, but we also run into her a couple more times. Mm-hmm. And in this episode is when we find out why she's kind of a bitch. Yeah, um, she made her her deal, and her ten years are up. And she found out that if she gives up the cult, she can get out of the deal. Mm-hmm. She can trade the cult for her life, basically. Uh, yeah, and so, well, the cult and and Sam's death. Yes. So, she's trying to get out of her deal, and it's yeah. She hears the hellhounds coming. And so can Dean can hear them too. And it is just like the look on his face is like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. I, I, it, gives <laughs> it gives you the chills. Oh man. <laughs> but I thought it was interesting to, I mean, I didn't find that it redeemed her. No, it complexified um, her. <laughs> yes. More than anything else. Yeah. Cause I was like, well, maybe don't sell your soul. Yeah. I mean, we understand like why. <sighs> Yeah. She was a kid. It was a really She rough... didn't really understand. Mm-hmm. And it was such a hopeless situation. Like, it buys you 10 years of safety and, like, 10 years of freedom, which then what did she decide to do with that freedom? Questionable. But it bought her time and safety. It was, like, such a desperate situation, which isn't that the same situation Dean is in? That moment of desperation well, that I causes don't, you. I don't agree with what he did either. Yeah. Because... And again, I've never been in either of their shoes. Right. But True. As hard of a situation as that is, 10 years versus forever. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. That sucks. It's a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of situation. Well. And it's terrible. Yeah. But I think it added a level of fear for the final episode of the season. Yeah. Now that Dean knows what is going to happen to him because basically up until now he's like well 
my time will be up Mm -hmm. and then I have to go away. Yeah. I'll die and I'll go to hell. Yeah. But he doesn't know that it's going to be this terrible, awful, vicious Mm -hmm. death, dismemberment, basically. Yeah. Like tearing you to shreds and then sending you to hell. (laughs) Yay. What a great day. Like it's pretty awful. And Bella is one of the only characters who dies and doesn't come back. Yeah. Yet. She's busy. <laughs> it could still She's happen. She's on another show. <laughs> but she never she never came back. No, not yet. Not yet. That's true. We've probably got another 10 years. So. <laughs> it could happen. It could happen. Walking Dead's going to come and go, and then she's going to come back to the show. Um, Maybe. <laughs> with a baby. What? Oh, my gosh. That's a totally other show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I also like how we kind of like roll full circle in this season. Because we see them, they've experienced hellhounds before. They've seen people making crossroads deals. They've seen people dead because of hellhounds a couple of times before. This is not news. However, I think Dean, that's probably why part of the reason that Dean was being so reckless is that like if he can take himself out, then it gets to be on his terms. And then surprise, we see that like at the end of the day, it's not on his terms, which is heartbreaking and horrible. That I think of all of his deaths, <laughs> which there are many. Um, I thought that was like the most well, graphic mm-hmm. and terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like I was scared for him. Yeah. And cause I mean, what scares Dean Winchester? Nothing. And he is like, hiding and salting mm-hmm. the doors and he's he's desperate he's desperate and it's just it's i don't know it's it would be like if you i don't know if batman was scared of something mm-hmm. i don't i don't know like the the hero who's not afraid of anything and he's hiding well what the fuck i should yeah i'm terrified then <laughs> right it's true it's true like you're scared for him well and the fact that they're that sam's like last ditch idea is to just figure out a way for Dean to live forever by taking body parts from other people. Oh, Doc Benton. Really tells you how um, desperate Sam feels. That's the episode you're talking mm-hmm. about, right? Yeah. I don't remember what the name of the episode is. but That's Time is on My Side. Yeah. Okay. Our See, penultimate. I, I, just, I was so concentrating on, on Bella there that I forgot it was Doc yeah, Benton. It, there's too. a lot. There's a lot going on. No, Doc Benton is the creepiest bug. He is horrifying. For sure. Um, the eye scooper. How, nope. did I, how did I forget that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I think he's one of their creepiest things that go bump in the night in the Agreed. entire series. Agreed. And he was a person mm-hmm. who threw like a mixture of science and magic turned in, turned himself into a monster, which is really like, that's a whole other level of scary. Right. And talk about like muddying the waters between good and evil. Like he epitomizes that to me. And the fact that Sam is like, wait, maybe he can help us just makes it even more like there's gray splashing all over the place right now. (laughs) Nothing is black and white by this point. They are desperate. They are grasping at straws. And then you just put the icing on the cake with like creepy ass Doc Benton. It just... Wow. Yeah, some scary icing. What an episode. What an episode. Quick little trivia. The actor who played Doc Benton 
was so excited to have that part because he's a huge Boris Karloff fan. Oh. And a huge like Frankenstein fan. That's so he cute. was like, oh my gosh, I get to play the doctor and the monster. Like he was all about it. He loved playing that role. Fun fact. Good for him in I a know. weird <laughs> right? way. In a really weird, like creeped out kind of way. Um, but he really understood like the psychology of the Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster. And I think that's what made it so scary. And that's what made it like so genuine. Yes. Was that he knew exactly how to play it. Just brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant now, now performance. I'm all like, <laughs> this is the stuff nightmares are made of. It's true. Um, between that and the hellhounds, who can never sleep again? Right? That was a it was a heavy hitting like end of the season. It really was, and I, I well, I mean, Doc Benton is fucking creepy, but I think the the thing that also is scary about the hellhounds is they're invisible. Mm-hmm. So always scarier not to see it. Yeah, but you can hear them. And then, like, I also really like the effect of you can see their paw prints Mm -hmm. or, like, little puffs of dust wherever they are, and then they're gone. Yeah. And you don't know if they went back to hell or if they're still in the room and they're just being quiet. Mm -hmm. They're waiting for you right outside. That eerie howl. Yep. Um, Yeah. And as we watch Dean like tick closer and closer and people's faces start to change, like we all know what that means because we've seen it happen to other people before. Mm -hmm. So the fact that it's now happening to him, it like makes your heart race and you're just like on that ride to the end of the episode. Well, and it's, it's traumatic enough that you understand why later on he is still like, Mm -hmm. I don't do hellhounds. Yeah. It still scares him. I mean, they ripped you apart. It's the one thing that Crowley has that Mm -hmm. can keep Dean in line. So once once, once Crowley (laughs) shows up with his his pets, but um, ooh, yeah, it's I don't, it's I think it's an amazing season ender Mm -hmm. for sure. It's utterly terrifying, and poor Sam. I know, I know, and he just all he can do is stand there and and watch. And by the end of the season, we have Ruby's body on the floor because she was possessed by Lilith and then subsequently, kind of his fault, died. <laughs> like, you know, because Lilith had to smoke out of K- Ruby's. Kind of. Her, yeah. <laughs> kind of his fault for living, I guess. <laughs> um, and there's like Ruby's body laying next to Dean's like shredded up body and Sam's just standing there. No recourse. Nothing, no friends in that moment. Everybody he's been trying to protect and partner with, dead. Mm-hmm. That's pretty rough. I mean, all he has is Bobby. and Yeah, and Bobby wasn't there. Bobby wasn't there. And, yeah, so, and and then the, the final huh, scene, <laughs> when you see where Dean ended up. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting because I was expecting when I first watched it, fire, brimstone, he's locked up and someone's poking him with a hot poker. I don't know. And instead, he's just all alone hanging off of meat hooks in the middle of like an abyss or Mm -hmm. something. And he's just yelling out for Sam. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my Chuck. Like, I can't. (laughs) 
yeah. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that they're also starting to show there's different versions of mm-hmm. hell. Yeah. Well, they were actually going to set that scene in a slaughterhouse originally. Like, that's how it was written. And mm-hmm. then they changed it to, like, an abyss to make it scarier. And I think that was a good choice to, like, make it more when ethereal. You s- yeah. When you say it was going to be in a slaughterhouse, do you mean, like, there were going to be people being murdered around him? Yeah. Or is it? Oh, okay. And, like, the, the that's where, like, the meat hooks and everything uh-huh. came from. It was going to be, like, him being tortured alongside, like, like the sounds of other people being tortured. And no, like, I think it's scarier that it's he's scarier. by himself. Yeah. They, they made a good decision, like, a good change. Um, <laughs> because they made it creepier and they really, I think they hearkened well to that, like everyone's hell is of their own making kind of right. thing. It like leaves it ambiguous enough where you can see how like you could be there too. Have you ever seen dogma? Mm-hmm. Okay. So like when they're Azazel <laughs> or no, not Azazel, Azriel, yeah. sorry, same diff <laughs> says, you know, hell used to be just the absence of God and mm-hmm. then people took it and they twisted it into fire and brimstone and all these things. So even in like the weird Catholic <laughs> mythology of that, it's very like, yeah, hell is what scares you. Mm-hmm. And for Dean, it's being alone. Yeah. And it's and being powerless. Pain. Yeah. He can't go anywhere. He can't do yep. anything. And He's got meat hooks hanging out of him, and oh my god, that's got to hurt. And yeah, and he's just suspended in nothing. Like, there's not even another person there torturing him at the moment. At the moment. Um, for now. For now. <laughs> What's that guy's name? <laughs> that voice? Um, that would be Alistair. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh I hate that that's guy. Later. I know, but I hate that guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, just being alone would be so much mm-hmm. worse. Especially for Dean. Because you can't. Like, you can scream and yell and all you want, and there's just nobody hears you or nobody cares. Yeah. <gasps> feelings. So, so many, many feelings. feelings. We didn't even talk about the African dream route and Bobby's coma. And like, just, it was for such a short for, season. It was jam-packed. Yep. I would say it's one of my favorite seasons, Me too. actually. Um, yeah, and I think that also to... Spoiler, season four, also showing where Dean is at, mm-hmm. shows you how hard later it is to get him out. Yeah. So, just saying. It's true. We're building a bridge between season two, where the biggest bad we had was Azazel, to season four, and then mm-hmm. subsequently season five. And, like, shit's ramping up, for sure. And I think that's the brilliance of this season is that it was that bridge into like bigger stories, a bigger world. There's more out there than they could have ever imagined. Mm -hmm. And now we're like, buckle in because it's happening. Yep. And it was such a short season. Now we're going to play with the big boys. So we're going to long for the days of vampires and werewolves. I know, which I think it's cute that they kind of... uh, (laughs) acknowledge that here and there in the current seasons with like do you just want to go hunt a vampire like they just like this yeah. to blow off steam yeah. from their big problems yeah. they're gonna go hunt <laughs> vampires like we just need to get back to what we really do and hunt some monsters yeah because before they were like oh my god how are we gonna how are we gonna kill this thing and now they're like 
yeah, do you want to just go get rid of this poltergeist before we have to come back and deal with, like, Lucifer? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, but yeah, season three is really good. It's a very strong season, and it's full of strong individual episodes, which is, like, especially amazing to me, given everything that was going on production-wise at the time, mm-hmm. with the writer's strike and them, like, needing to push back other big storylines and stuff to cut the season short, I think they still ended up with a really good product. Some not so great episodes here and there, but they've learned a lot from season one and two and it shows. Agreed. I say thumbs up. It's wonderful setup for season four, Mm -hmm. which I know you're so excited for. (laughs) If you could see her face right now, people (laughs) smiling ear to ear. (laughs) I love the Winchesters forever and always, but homeboy wears a trench coat. (laughs) So, yes. And I think, yeah, season four is interesting to show like belief and dynamic and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And what happens after you spend time in hell? Yes, because we saw Dean's fear of being a demon in the dream episode. But now it's real for him because he's Mm -hmm. actually in hell. It's happening. It's no longer like a dream, a nightmare, a fear. It's real. Mm -hmm. Again, brilliant, like circling back of the episode. It's just a great season. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, We could talk about this forever. (laughs) Uh, So what are we talking about next week? Next week is going to be our homage to some of our favorite women writers. Yay. Yeah, we thought it was a good time to kind of take a break from like TV movies, all that kind of stuff and talk about some creators Mm -hmm. of some of the content that we love. Yes, because it is National Novel Writing Month or NaNoWriMo. And I thought, hey, let's talk about uh, authors. So tell us about your favorite lady authors. We're talking like J.K. Rowling, Shonda Rhimes. So, I mean... And Shonda Rhimes does TV writing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be novels. It could be your favorite TV writers, your favorite yeah, poet. I don't care. Just... Podcasters? Not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> dare, dare we dream. Uh, but, yeah, so tell us about who your favorite lady author is. Uh, tweet us, ladiesnerditude, or shoot us an email, ladiesofnerditude at gmail.com, and we will talk to you then. Yeah. Bye. Bye.